This is the FM Gold Channel of All India Radio. In the program News Analysis, now we bring you a discussion on U.S. withdrawal from the U.N. Global Arms Trade Treaty and its impact. The participants are Anil Trigunayat, former diplomat and Simran Sodhi, journalist. Ambassador Trigunayat, when you see the fact that President Donald Trump once again seems to be acting in this unilateral fashion and he has announced that the United States will withdraw from this treaty, it sets into motion a lot of factors, especially given the fact that most of the world, including the United Nations today, is trying to control the export and the sale of weapons to rogue nations, to those who are involved in terrorist activities. So how does this statement of the U.S. President affect all this activity where, at one hand, you're trying to control the arms sale and then you have the U.S. saying that we really don't want to be a participate in this anymore? One has to look at it in a holistic manner as far as the record of President Trump is concerned. He has... Uh, some kind of a disdain for these multinational treaties. And this UN treaty that we are talking about is, the US had initially signed it at the level of secretary, but they had not ratified this. And therefore, they are withdrawing out of it. Secondly, the Russians and the Chinese had not signed it also at the same time. Now, this is the only people who are really following on this treaty, even though more than 100 countries had signed it, are the Europeans. who are extremely indulgent about it and they are following on it, they have been supporting on it. But these small arms, if you come to think of it, are far more lethal than the nuclear treaties or the nuclear arms or other, because they fall into the hands of terrorists, they fall into the hands of regimes in the conflict zones. For example, when I was in Libya, after post-Gaddafi, there were more than 26 million weapons, sophisticated AK-47s, 57s, during that period with the average person on an average 6 million people having 24 million arms. Now that kind of thing. Same thing in Nigeria. You have the similar kind of thing. Small arms are being smuggled into various groups. They are deposing the regimes. So it is an extremely dangerous precedent and US, we should not forget, US and Russia, let's say the two and the Europeans to some extent, their economy is essentially dependent on the arms lobbies. In the US from California to Connecticut, This is only the industry, the arms industry that rules. You know, in India, as uh, we have a great relationship with Russians, but at the same time, our trade relationship as far as arms ammunition is concerned has grown tremendously with the Americans. They are getting into the pie. We are the second largest importer of arms. So for us, this is what their most important thing is. If you are going to buy, buy from us. Now, today he is taking off all stops. So that nothing prevents them. They declared in last October that he will be withdrawing from that very major treaty called INF. Before that, in 2002, the, the Americans unilaterally had moved out of the ABM treaty. So this is the pattern that the Americans have, the unilateralism in this. Now the Russian president has also withdrawn out of the INF. But I think this is a very dangerous precedent. But today they are not only worried about the Russians per se, although they say that the Russians are reneging on the contractual obligations or unilaterally increasing their arsenal. But they are more worried about China, which is not a member of any of these regimes. And China has been deploying these kind of more arms. So I believe that the Americans have a logic, but this is a, a twisted logic. Ambassador Trugnyat, as you explained that the U.S. is giving its own twisted logic, but we also have this fact which is staring us in the face. Do you then feel that maybe we can give maybe one person credit to U.S. President making this argument or that argument just does not hold forth? See, this argument does not hold for one reason. 
And the reason being that, of course, whatever he's doing also falls within the ambit of the Chinese trying to replace U.S. as the number one power, which is a way off. It is not happening today. But where he declared this? He declared it at the National Rifle Association meeting, NRA meeting. And the previous one, he had declared at another rally. So that is what I'm saying is that in the U.S. itself, the gun laws are very strict. The gun lobbies are very, you know, it is provided in their constitution, so holding of the gun. And therefore, he is playing to the domestic audiences at the same time that we cannot be restricted. Because once you have signed this treaty and you ratify it, the U.S. will also have to report everywhere, wherever they are sending the arms. It will be accountable totally. So therefore, coming out of this treaty, unilaterally gives them the right to do whatever they want, wherever they want it. So I personally do not feel, although they call about sovereign issues, sovereignty and all that, this might have a problem. But I do not think that it is necessary and... If you come to think of it in 89, I think that we had 88-89, Rajiv Gandhi had started the disarmament, very big movement. Americans were not on board. It was only in Obama's time, 2009, that the first time said that we'll have a nuclear-free world and everything. You know, they really went out all the way and they were hoping the New START Treaty or whatever they had signed with the Russians, the key treaty, because they are their biggest adversary. The problem is that the less than 10 years, they have just gone back on everything that they stood for. Ambassador Rugnath, as you rightly pointed out, that the U.S. seems to be going back on almost everything they've stood up for all these years and the United States was always regarded to be this global leader. And one of the strongest reactions that we have seen coming in regard to this statement is from the United Kingdom's shadow foreign secretary who tweeted that Trump is a disgrace to his office. And we have seen that the U.K. has been really critical of what the U.S. president had announced. What I'm also curious about is how does this affect the U.S. and the EU relationship? Because we have seen that the United States and the European Union under the presidency of Donald Trump has in any case not been a very smooth one. After the Paris Climate Change Agreement, which again the U.S. withdrew from, the, the EU was very critical of it. And now with this latest withdrawal of the United States from an international arms trade treaty, do you feel that the EU-US relationship is really going to go down and that somewhere should be a worry for the world because usually this relationship has been strong and it has kept the world stable? Yeah. You are absolutely right that the relationship across the Atlantic has been pivotal in maintaining the security even during the Cold War and the balance on, on various counts. But over time what has happened is especially during President Trump's time, he is thinking everything in a zero-sum manner, essentially. And he is looking at it more as a, in my view, in a, as a business-like manner, you know, rather than a strategic concept. And therefore, his withdrawal from, as you mentioned, climate change agreement, and denying that there is any climate change problem, or for that matter with the Iranian deal, JCPOA agreement, junking it, creating virtually destabilization in the Middle East, and now they declaring that they will be out of that INF treaty, which is coming up. Then the only arms limitation treaty that will remain will be the new START treaty between them and the Russians. And that's the only treaty. But what has happened in the process is the Europeans are, are always standing on the other side of this. They have not supported anything in this regard that has been done by this president. And European Union directly feels the threat. Because any decision that he takes with regard to these kind of strategic arms and munitions puts them directly in confrontation with the Russians. Because the Russians' biggest concern has been that if they are going to deploy these kind of short and strategic missiles on their territory, that is, even if defensive, has an offensive capabilities. And therefore, there is the fear. So who will be in the direct line of fire? Not the Americans. Americans are pretty far off. 
it is the Europeans. And therefore the Europeans want to have a balanced relationship with the Russians and continuation of these kind of arms limitation treaties. Ambassador Trugnet, we've also seen that the main objective of the arms trade treaty has been to ensure that weapons that are sold are not used for one, genocide, two, for war crimes, three, for terrorist attacks, and lastly, for crimes against humanity. But somewhere when we look at the practical situation, we also find that this is coming into conflict, as you yourself had said, with the way sometimes you do your business dealings with other nations. For example, there has been a backlash against the U.S. selling of arms to Saudi Arabia given the ongoing war in Yemen. And that is not something that President Trump or the United States is eager to stop because they are making a lot of money out of it. So then how does one balance the fact that on one hand we have treaties like this which are trying to regulate the sale of arms. On the other hand, you have nation states and the U.S. under Donald Trump is a perfect example that also want to make money that is driven on a model where they feel that they have a right to sell and basically make a profit out of it. Very true. I mean, the problem is that we do not want to go to another world war. I mean, this was very disastrous. And it was only after that the efforts were made in the wake of the demolition of the Cold War. Or Now we are having a Cold War 2.0. Essentially, that is what is happening. And therefore, uh, the Americans have taken a very mercantilist approach to this arms and they have always had it. And on the other hand, the Russians are looking at it in a more strategic manner. So this kind of problem that is continuing between the two and that is very unfortunate development. And I think that they are using all the countries as pawn or the clients. And this client-state relationship now without any moral obligation on your part to maintain the peace or to maintain some kind of rationale in your approach is what is very dangerous for the world now and for others. Because today, not only the normal nation states, but the non-state actors are in possession of very high-quality lethal arms. We have seen the ISIS, we have seen the Al-Qaeda, we have seen the LTT, we have seen so many of others. And the Sri Lankan, this thing is just happens. These arms falling into their hands or piracy operations, I mean, they are all coming from these kind of sources. They are sold to a state which is not stable, just for the mercantilist manner, and that state just passes it on to the groups working out of that. This is a very, very dangerous situation, in my view. Ambassador Srugnath, going back to something that you had also mentioned, that the U.S. President made this announcement at the United States National Rifle Association, and he has been a huge champion of their rights and in turn they are his very strong vote base in the United States. And going by the media reports we have when he made this announcement at the National Rifle Association, he was cheered very strongly by the people present there. And the US President also said that the reason they want to move away from this treaty is that this treaty amounts to somewhere threatening the Second Amendment of the United States people, which is their right to bear arms. And that is something we find that domestically in the U.S. that is a very strong lobby one. Two, it keeps coming up again and again. The question then is that when you have domestic policy issues and for Trump who is soon going to start his campaigning for a second term, the members of the National Rifle Association are a core vote bank. So in part maybe this appeals to his domestic base. But internationally it affects the world order. So in this scenario, when you have domestic compulsions and you have international compulsions, how is the world or how are the international bodies like the UN going to then maintain some kind of an arms control which can actually be implemented? 
Well, frankly, very little can be done by anybody. If the countries like United States want to go into unilateral, whichever way they go, they have taken unilateral decisions. They have not shown any regard to the internationally arrived treaties or the implementation of those. Forget about the, any other thing to do, make it more stronger. So therefore, it is extremely important today. It's a hyperpower. It is not a superpower. So USA, if it takes a decision, whether it's United Nations or whether it's the Europeans, nobody has the power to control them. It will be very difficult. What is happening in the process is that the, the Russians are also trying to maintain some kind of a parity with them. So what you will have at the same time, internationally, what you will hope at one time is that there is some kind of a dangerous balance that used to exist during the Cold War period. As for the domestic constituency, obviously this is played more for the domestic constituency. But this issue also came up when they first signed this treaty. You know, this also came at that time. But now they are playing it up to become, bringing it into a constitutional amendment. You have seen in the US, the people with their, because there is no accountability of the arms and ammunition people can bear, they go and kill anybody. A crazy man goes and kills the school, so many children, or they take people hostage or do whatever it is. That's what is happening in this country. So that is also his responsibility as a leader to somehow control that and not allow it to be just because of political considerations this kind of thing to continue. Ambassador Trubnath, we have also seen that major European powers like Germany, France and the United Kingdom, they have signed and they have ratified the arms trade treaty. Do you feel that this bloc of European nations is strong enough to push back against the United States? They have condemned it actually. As you mentioned yourself about the British and the European Union, Mogherini, the foreign minister, they have said that they are very despondent about this development. But they cannot push back because, see, if a country decides to go out of this treaty, they do not ratify it. They are not legally bound to follow it. And if they don't follow it, many countries sign the treaty yet don't follow it. So USA has openly said that they are going to get out of not only this treaty, but so many other treaties. So there are far more dangerous exits which are going to confront the world in future. And European Union's NATO, for example, at once NATO, they, they're part of it. U.S. is the leader in NATO. So NATO also they're discussing about it, but it's opposed to it. But at the same time, you can't really, I don't think that you will have to wait for the next elections, frankly. For today, we bring the discussion to an end. Thank you. Thank you. You were listening to a discussion on U.S. withdrawal from U.N. Global Arms Trade Treaty and its impact. The participants were Anil Trigunayat, former diplomat and Simran Sodi, journalist. This program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. This program is also available on our website newsonair.nic.in. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsdtalks at gmail.com.